BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. No, I can't believe the backlash that there's been with the Babcock being hired by the U of S Huskies. How about that? He's from here. He went to school there. He's already coached university hockey. I was saying it's a GPAC Canada West. What are they calling it now? What surprised me was the people in hockey that thought he was done. He's evolved and he's and he's grown as a man and as a coach. And I think that's a good thing. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is. Good morning, Canada, and uh, good afternoon to our Eastern friends, Canadian sports fans around the world. We are on the air. The RP Show, Canada's daytime sports talk show, coming to you out of the sweatpants capital here in Western Canada. I'm Rod. He's Moose DuPont. Hey. Hey. Very big day today. We've had some guests jump around here for various reasons. Tim Leeper was supposed to be with us. Blue Jays, uh, former Blue Jays first base coach for five seasons. Had a family emergency. He is not going to be with us today. So we'll be, what's tomorrow he's going to come on? Okay, Blue Jays. First segment tomorrow. So Kirk Myers from Team Dunstone. He's our curling analyst, but he's also part of the Team Dunstone, Saskatchewan curling rep for the Briar. He'll be joining us from the Calgary bubble coming up. Also, Brian Angstad from Telemiracle. Whoa, is that total jumped over the last 24 Whoa. hours? What's going on? Bravo, Saskatchewan. Bravo for uh, answering the bell for Telemiracle. The longtime Winnipeg Jets broadcaster, Brian Munns, will be joining us. And we've got a lot to talk about with Munsey. And it's not just the Jets. And then, of course, Mike Babcock will be with us in the second last segment of the show. Everybody's asking me, when's Babs on? When's Babs on? 1240 Central, 140 Eastern. But maybe just tune in for the entire two hours. How about that? How about that? That's a good idea. That's That, that will serve you all very well. But uh, anyways, those are the guests today. And Jordan, can we please hit the quick six show topics if you don't mind? <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm starting with NHL leftovers from Monday night, if you don't mind. And here they are. So the Leafs lost 3-0 at home to the Calgary Flames last night. I'm surrounded by Leaf fans, as you know. And my first leftover is that the Leafs were undermanned. I took the gratuitous, low-hanging fruit of defending the Leafs. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. And, of course, a lot of people are saying, don't be like TSN and Sportsnet. Don't defend the Leafs. I said, I don't really believe it. I'm just saying it. But who did not play? Wayne Simmons and Joe Thornton. And the goalie, of course. But of the two skaters, what do they have in common? Shouldn't be that hard for you to figure out. 
I don't know. They all... weren't with the Leafs last year. Right. So think about that for one second. They're the grit and the sandpaper and the je ne sais quoi. And they don't play and the Leafs don't win. So there might be a little more to it than you think. Point two of the leftovers brought to you by Tupperware. I am not touching the Panarin story. Not interested. (laughs) Point three. Coach Q for coach of the year. What do you say? Look at that Discover Central division. They're the number one team, the Florida Panthers in the National Hockey League. How'd that happen? Yeah, it's a year too late. I kind of predicted <laughs> I predicted right. his impact would come last year, right? That's right. And uh, clearly. How about that? It's happening now. Uh, the next one, Trevor Zegras debuted for the Anaheim Ducks last night in a loss. And his stat line was, say it with me, zero, zero, zero. zero. But also plus one for Trevor Zegers. It wasn't his fault the Ducks lost. And then the fifth point on that is Mike Babcock is on our show today. So those are the leftovers from last night. Discuss it well. It was another fun night of hockey. Uh, point two of the quick six show topics is we're actually going to touch the Panarin story just in this. You see he's taken a leave from the New York Rangers because the story's come out of Russia that he assaulted an 18-year-old girl back in 2011. Obviously a serious charge. The Rangers are standing behind their player and it's because he's spoken out against Vladimir Putin. I saw, listen, I watch SportsCenter, okay? I watch the news. And they're saying that it's because he spoke out against the Russian president and now they're trying to make his life miserable. And that's why I don't really want to talk about it a whole lot because the Russians don't screw around. In my time in hockey, we've dealt with a lot of Russians. Great guys, different world. Fair? Fair. And we don't know if there's going to be another summit series in our Olympic Games. Yeah. If there's a time that we have to go to Russia, you know, and uh, won't be welcomed in. No, I, it's a tough thing for sure. Um, it sounds, you know, people want to scoff and say it sounds like a movie, but it's real. It's real. It's, it's absolutely real. It's real stuff. And I'm you know? not going to go into the stories of because I'm getting old and I can't remember what I can say on the air and what I can't. But Russian NHL players back in the day that were mobbed up with the KGB. We knew who they were in the hockey world. Not going to mention names. <clears throat> it's not a nice story. No. Uh, Sean McCormick's watching from the Game Plus control room. Hey, Sean. He says, more grit, too, and Hyman and Muzzin were out last night. The refs were consistently bad on both sides last night, and the Flames buried their chances. I was waiting for somebody to say, yeah, the Leafs were undermanned, but the Flames didn't have their goalie Markstrom either. And I'm starting to think, is he their goalie? Riddick been getting, pretty good. Yeah, last and he's night. been getting yanked regularly. The Flames have not been getting their money's worth out of Jacob Markstrom. Nobody can argue that. And Riddick got a 60th career win last night. Has moved him up. He's nowhere near the Mike Vernons and the Kiprasovs and so forth. But 60 wins is a lot. It's hard to get one in the National Hockey League as a goalie. 60? Bravo to David Riddick. Oh, yeah. Um, Point three is one I could spend some time on. Had some texts going around this morning and some videos from the CTV Toronto with the sport minister, Lisa McLeod. And you watched it. My point is, in defense of the CFL, we've probably been too hard on the CFL. I'm going back and forth. We just really want them to play. We really love the Canadian Football League, and it would help out this show immensely as one of the only networks in the country that talks about the Canadian Football League if they actually played. 
But my commentary this morning on Cat Country 98 is simply this. They're different than every other league. They've got big staffs. They're playing. They're paying their players, unlike junior hockey that are going to play in a bubble. And the curlers only get paid if they win. They've got huge staffs, which comes with huge costs. They don't have the money that the NFL and NHL have. The CEBL and the Canadian Premier League can play over a period of two weeks, right? They've got smaller rosters. They're not paying as much. Like the CFL is just taking it in the pills because of just the way that they are. And it's not even their fault. And to ask them to pivot and be agile and get lean and be creative is probably not reasonable. And for them to play without fans is really – it's incredibly risky. So with all the phone calls that I've had in the last 24 hours and the news coverage that we've seen with regards to where the vaccine's going and so forth, sorry to say, it just doesn't look good. It's a, it's praying for a miracle that people are going to get vaccinated. What Randy Ambrosi said back at Great Cup Unite week was not a lie. We're, hey, there's vaccines coming out. We're excited. We're optimistic. That's what he said, if you remember. Randy Ambrosi, you may like him or not, he's not a liar. Not a liar. You know what I mean? Maybe you don't like what he says, right. but he's not going to, I don't believe he's going to try and snow you. And these aren't good times for the CFL. But having said that, I aired that CTV clip in our morning meeting for everybody. And you watched it and you got something out of it. Do you remember what it was? I'm going to ask you. Put in the say. work. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what you're alluding to. Yeah. And I mean, but why you say that is why. Tell well, me. they talked about, you know, a lot of things. And, you know, one of the questions, it started with the, the Ontario Hockey League. And they proved a lot of, you know, confirmed a lot of things that we've talked about on this show. You know, when they talked about the return to play in the Ontario Hockey League, um, you know, the question was, when's it going to happen? What kind of a date? And, you know, as a, you know, as a government, really hopeful that they can get the OHL season in prior to the NHL draft, which confirmed it's not about playing for championships or, or getting these communities their hockey teams back. It's about having the kids on the ice so that they can be seen ahead of a draft which is so important in their development. But did you mention the 600-page? So that's it. And then, so the NHL... That's the crux of it. They talked about why would the OHL um, not play yet, but the NHL has. And she said, well, the NHL came to us with a 600-page plan, and they've got the, this health organization on board and the this rural health organization on board, and every dot is, I's been dotted and T's been crossed, a 600-page report, which we've said all along, you know, Everybody can play if you put in the work and present a plan that makes everybody comfortable. So put in the work. Come up with a plan. And also said that they haven't seen a plan from the CFL yet either. She said that. Lisa McLeod, the Ontario sport minister, said we have not seen a plan, which you were shocked by that. I kind of hoped that we'd be on a plan that had been rejected, refined to the second plan that had been better but maybe rejected, and maybe onto a third plan by now. They want training camp in May. Potentially. Oh, uh, yeah. So, anyways, Tom Halleck's watching in Winnipeg, and he says the CFL playing a season would be a gigantic boost to my spirits. So now I'll put my counseling cap on and say, Tom, you're not alone. There's a lot of people, John Lynch being another one. Their whole life is the CFL and Rough Rider football. For a lot of people, we learned last summer, I couldn't believe it. I'd heard about these people, but I'd never met them, that all they follow is the, C- is the Rough Riders. That's it. And without them, they were completely lost. Tom, if you want to continue to be completely lost and miserable, and I see your social media posts about that, that's your choice. But look at, I got into racing, and I went to the racetrack. A couple of, I went to three different racetracks last summer. It was unbelievable. I got hooked on racing, and now I'm still hooked on racing. And the racing people just brought me right in, right? So I've said it eight million times. I'll say it eight million and one. Wallowing what isn't. 
or celebrate what is. Think about something else or don't. It's entirely up to you. John Kirby in Edmonton says, so question, Rod, you have a video on your Twitter feed saying oh, I just that you off. would sign a waiver. That you would sign a waiver and go into a stadium. You damn rights I would, John. And I don't want John Kirby in Edmonton to hijack the quick six show topics here, but I was just on a call this morning with a junior hockey guy who was referring or showed that photo of Minot the other night, the packed arena. Minot, oh, yeah. close, it gets closer to here than Prince Albert geographically, and we're in the same province. Minot is not that far away, and they packed the Pepsi Arena down there for the Minot junior team. So we had a call uh, just this morning, and I said, look, South Dakota, you've been watching the coverage out of there? They're rocking and rolling. I'm sorry, this thing keeps falling out of my ear. They're rocking and rolling in South Dakota like nothing's going on. Yeah, they're getting slammed, and their deaths are five times what this province's are. Okay, so I said it's pretty hard to argue against what this province is doing versus what South Dakota is doing in the terms of keeping people safe, right? So we we went back and forth on that, and he said, well, if you had to shoot down a plane with a terrorist on it that was coming at the uh, Twin Towers, you'd probably shoot the plane down to kill 100 people versus 3,000. And I said, so it's all about what you're willing to risk. So again, I would sign a waiver and go to the arena. I would because I'm a healthy person. I'm still sitting here saying, like, I don't want the virus, but if they follow the procedures of social distancing six feet apart in the arena and wash your hands and wear a mask and I can go watch the games, I would do it. But we don't have that choice. We haven't been given that choice. In South Dakota, they've been given that choice. I don't think I'm going to die. My parents are gone. I don't have vulnerable people in my life. So I would do it. Clearly you wouldn't, and that's your choice. And all those of us that are on this side are saying is, give us the choice. And I'm not going to go down the road of those that are saying this is unconstitutional, that we're being held against our will and blah, 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 because it's actually not that bad. But I'll say to a lot of people, please, please, please don't get used to this. Remember two Fridays ago I said that, and I brought that up on the phone call this morning to the guy. It's very easy to get used to this. Oh, restaurants are open. Gyms are open. Movie theaters are open. Oh, man, this is kind of nice. Just sit on the couch every night, eating ice cream and watching NHL. What the hell's wrong with this? You know? Oh, yeah. You you could get lulled into that real easy and forget about all the people that are hurting because of the restrictions. And I'm just asking you to not get used to this or do whatever the hell that you want to do. But that's what I would like to do, John, is be able to sign a waiver and have control over my own life. Because I haven't got COVID yet. Because I've been following the rules. Okay? And that's the, that's the difference, right? It's not that we want to disregard the rules and just no. go do what we want to do, right? Forget about the rules. I'm going to do what I want to do because that's my right. No, it's I want the rules to be allow me to sign a waiver and go to the rink, right? I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah. For sure. Some people just uh, are a little too simple to grasp that. Trent Bruner is watching in Norway. Norway calling. Great rant. It's not even really a rant. That, you, that's it. <laughs> Usually it's a paragraph. Norway Trenton. calling. Great rant. Uh, Rod's rant brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating. Do you have it on here? You must. Well, it's somewhere. Mention Rod sent you and get 10% off Bronco Plumbing and Heating. Unscheduled rant here this morning. Uh, Nelson Hakowicz, our VP of Sim Events, says the CFL needs to sell its soul to advertisers like every other pro sports league on the planet. 
Well, that's what we think, Nelson, but that's what my point three was earlier, and uh, my commentary this morning is they doesn't seem like that's happening. Doesn't seem like that's happening. They got to raise far more money to play, and that's just with a chance of playing. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. And what I think the CFL will do is mothball. That's what I think they'll do. Before they actually say we're done and fold and go bankrupt like the XFL did, they'll mothball. And what that is, by the way, which a year ago, none of us would have had any idea what mothballing was. I know. But now we are averse in all these terms. And one is mothballing, which is completely ceasing operations. Done. Mr. GM, Mr. PR person, marketing people, go home. Go find a job somewhere else. And when we come back, whenever that is, we'll call you. The XFL has done that. They've done it. The NLL has done that. That's what the CFL is going to have to do. That's what I see happening. Point four, and we're not going to be able to get through all of these points, but that's okay. Here in the warm-up for the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the NFL, Scotty's talk. I saw what was going on in the Sherry Anderson-Jennifer Jones game last night. I wasn't real interested in moving off the Vegas-Colorado game. This, <laughs> the curling reports for Verge, Agriculture, and Calgary. This isn't specifically the curling report, but here's my question. And Kirk Myers can answer this because he's coming in next. What happens if a wild card team wins? What happens if a wild card team wins the Scotties? Think about that for a second. Because you get the banner, right? Yep. And it would have your province on it, I would think. I would think. So just say uh, Zacharias wins. I think she's wild card one. I think. Like I'm starting to get my handle around who all these teams are. Yep. Where would they put the banner and what would they put on the banner? It would put team wild card. They put well, Zacharias. That's not very sexy. Team Wildcard. Well, it you know they weren't Team BC. They're not Team Ontario. They're not Team Saskatchewan. Team Alberta. It's it, it, it's not, but it's Team Wildcard. That's okay. And they would put it up in their home rink. Took the long road. Right? They would put it in their home rink. Yeah, maybe the the banner would be in the colors of their their province. That's what I'm saying. And maybe Kirk could speak more to this than he's next from Team Dunstone. But those Scotty's banners, and we've all seen them. They're not, I don't think, in your province's colors. They're in red of Scotty's, symbolic of you winning the national championship, right? right? So it's not in your province's colors. I get that. Right. But would it say on the bottom, Team Wildcard? Where would the banner go? Be the same with Team Canada, right, too. Yes. It'd say Team Canada. Right. So I'm just... Interesting. where my mind goes. Uh, Point five, okay, Blue Jays. We're going to push that to tomorrow. When Tim Leeper joins us five years as the Blue Jays' first base coach. In point six, there's, I split them. Raptors roll. Did you see uh, Jack Armstrong? For all you doubters, <laughs> all you that jumped off the bandwagon, welcome back. From Jack Armstrong. And then the Moose Jaw Warriors lost their GM, too. So uh, we got stuff to talk about. we got to break, though. Yeah, go. Okay. Kirk Myers next on all these topics and Mike Babcock coming up later. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network across all 10 provinces and 31 states. YouTube and Facebook Live and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Support for the Rod Peterson Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Dupes, have I told you about Manscaped? (laughs) You've started to. I've had it for a week. Let me tell you, we've been doing it wrong. 
We have. Yeah, ask me why. Yeah, why? Because <laughs> I don't know where to start. I used to have to use two razors. Did I tell you that? I was doing an acrobatic act over the toilet and the sink. I had a big hair trimmer. I had a face shaver. None of those were made for below-the-waist grooming. That's a safety hazard. <sighs> don't tell anybody, but I don't have to worry about it anymore because the Lawnmower 3.0 is specifically designed for men's below-the-waist grooming. And your introductory package comes with a pair of boxer briefs, which I gave to you. Yes, not worn, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I pulled them out of the package. When you order yours, you'll get a pair of underwear. This was a large, didn't fit me, so I gave them to you. You're welcome. Thank you. And it also comes with anti-chafing lotion. Where has this been all our lives? I know. So I used to get those nicky things. You must have too. <laughs> nick yourself. Yes. And your bleeding doesn't happen because the Lawnmower 3.0 comes with a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Man, Manscaped <laughs> calls them. So, what more do you want to know when you? When you use the Lawnmower 3.0, you use the anti-shaving cream, you leave the house feeling like you've just left a spa. The chafing, that's the worst, right? Rubbing between the legs. Anti-chafing lotion, 20% off with the promo code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. It is. Welcome back. And as we've we got a lot of new viewers, and I've said this show moves fast, so you got to pay attention to what's going on. Uh, RJ writing is from the 604 Dupes on the Prairie Mobile text line. He says, just saw my first episode of the RP show. Looks great. I would way rather watch you guys than Tim and Sid. Thanks, RJ. We're, Thank we're not better. We're just different. We like those guys, too. Yeah. They're great. Well, it's not going to be Tim and Sid for long. Jeff in Calgary, the Stamps fan, just ahead of Kirk Myers. He thinks I'm going to be upset here, but I'm not. He said, Rod, with due respect, I am confused with your CFL views. To me, it seems you go from optimistic one day to total hopelessness and pessimism the next regarding a season happening. It's hard to gauge where you really stand. Thank you, Jeff. Welcome to following the CFL. Did you hear the commissioner last week? He was no more definitive than I am. Why I'm optimistic? I'd like to think these guys and gals that we have in charge as leaders in the Canadian Football League can be creative enough and pivot and bold enough to make this happen. But the more I talk to people and realize they're very likely not. And I think that we're seeing the end of the CFL. Okay? Now, you want me to stand up and say whether they're going to play or not? The commissioner can't. So why the hell would I be able to? We're day, okay. we're day trading with the CFL here. One minute, the stock's on the way up, and we're excited. Yeah. Next minute, it's on the way down, and we got new news, and, and we get you know kind of hopeless. Plus, there's a ton going on that we don't even know about. You're hearing one thing, and what's going on, which is actually going on, is another. But anyways, enough about that, because Kirk Myers has been holding long enough. Team uh, Dunstone, he's the second. He is in Calgary in the bottle, bubble, and he looks like he's going NASCAR racing this morning. How you doing, Kirk? I'm doing well, just uh, hunkering down in quarantine, and uh, I'm pretty glad uh, the Scotties is on to pass the time, that's for sure. That is nine hours of curling coverage a day on TSN, so for a curling lover, that is an absolute buffet. So what would you say to my question that if a wild card team won the Scotties, what would the banner say and where would it go? 
I listened to that and I started thinking about it. And I, I was wondering when you said it, but then I thought, let's look back to when Sandra Schmirler would have won as Team Canada. Um, I, I assume, I think she might have won. When she won her yeah, Scotty, oh, yeah. I'm not sure if she won, she won Team three, Canada. Yeah. But nonetheless, I believe it's similar to when the Team Canada won before the wild cards. It would go back to their home club. Uh, it would say Team Canada on it. And then it would say they won the Scotties. And it, like you said, it would be in the red and, and white of the Scotties Tournament Hearts. And I think probably now it would say Team Wildcard, to be honest with you. I know that's weird. And I don't think uh, I don't think many curlers would want to win the Briar or the Scotties as Team Wildcard and then have Team Wildcard hang in, the, in their curling club. But uh, beggars can't be choosers, I guess. I, right, I hope we would... can do it as Team Saskatchewan. I know, but I'm such a contrary thinker, Kirk. Like, well, I'm laying in bed last night going, what happens if this happens? And the other thing, don't forget, is you get a patch on your arm. So if you're, a, you're representing Saskatchewan or Manitoba down the line and you've got a brown and yellow jacket on, but then you have a wild card, like, it is a little confusing, right? It is. And, and, and if you're a really diehard curling fan, there's tons of talk going around about the Purple Heart. So if you yeah. win a provincial championship, you get a Purple Heart. And that's what it's always been about. And then, so now there's there's a couple things. The team wild cards don't get that purple heart, as I understand it. But then, with what happened this year, the big debate is whether um, teams at all should get a purple heart because basically no team won their provincial championship. They all just got appointed to go to the bubble. So there's been a huge debate in the curling world of, uh, among you know old school thinkers, new school thinkers, whether the teams deserve that purple heart, and it's uh, it's a good question. It's interesting for sure. Our sales rep in Calgary, the guy that brought us together with Verge Agriculture, they are sponsoring our curling coverage. Jim Perry says, Kirk Myers understands the value of his sponsors. He certainly does. We call him Jimmy Two Tables. But uh, Kirk, what's your analysis of three, four days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four days of the Briar play so far? Well, it's been uh, it's been a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde thing going on. I mean, when it there's been some moments of uh, of quite honestly just poor curling, and I think you can chalk it up to um, really chalk it up to just rust. I mean, there hasn't been enough time to get get the reps in practicing, but there certainly hasn't been enough time for these teams to get the reps in playing against each other and getting the feel. And a lot of these teams are even new to begin with. Plus, they've had eight or nine months off, and you definitely saw that rust. And then you had moments you saw that really good, talented curler come out and make huge shots. I mean, you saw Laura Walker make a huge shot for the win, I think, on the first day. And then you see Chelsea Curry playing amazing curling. And, and you see moments of brilliance and then moments of, of just, like, what, what went on there. And I think there's an element of, um, one, it's that rust factor. Two, there, you, you lose a little bit of that focus because there's not that huge pressure in that arena of 5,000 people and that energy. It's, it's a little dull. Um, but I think as the week progresses and you especially get into the championship round, teams are going to get a really a good handle on the ice and start making more shots. I think there's a factor of that is, is when the ice is new, it's a little tough as well. So you, you put all that together and there's, there's really some imbalanced curling going on out there. And I think once we get later in the week, the ice makers, Greg Owasco uh, and the crew there are going to have the ice figured out. The teams are going to have the ice figured out. The teams are going to start being sliding at the broom better. And I think uh, going into the closing weekend, it's going to be uh, going to be a shootout. My apologies. Darren has pointed out that I said Briar play. I'm talking to a Briar guy about the Scotties. So I had a brain cramp there. You got it. You understand. But, you know, how about the play of our good friend, Rachel Holman, who almost joined us this morning? She's in her third trimester and she hasn't thrown a rock since November. I mean, I saw her throwing some in her backyard. I guess that doesn't count, but uh, she's unbeaten, man. I guess 
are you surprised by any of the results so far? Um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm too surprised. I think uh, I'm seeing a little bit of a letdown out of Jones, maybe a little bit. I, I kind of thought they'd come out a little, uh, a little bit more firing, um, and they seem to be struggling for their where they would expect to be. Um, so I think Jones is a little bit of a surprise so far. But as we know, when you watch Jenny Jones over the last 20 years, um, she's an animal late in the week. She's she's the best in the world when it matters, and she's probably the best of all time when it matters. So you can't count them out. But a little surprised at, at them so far. And then Rachel Rachel's team looks strong. They look they look confident. They look like they knew where to put the broom. Um, they were making shots. They were throwing them with confidence and uh, and putting a lot of pressure on the opposition. So um, I mean, I don't think there's any surprise that that Rachel's going to be at the top there. Um, but, uh, you know, when you're eight months pregnant, uh, and you haven't thrown in a long time, uh, that can be, that can be a surprise, but yeah, they are looking so good. Um, I, I think they're going to be tough to beat as the week goes on here. Well, kudos to Rachel. I'm cheering for her. I couldn't believe when I read this morning, she's only 31. I did an event with her in paradise Hill just prior to the pandemic. And, uh, she just drove two hours from St. Paul, Alberta. It was nothing for her. And by the way, I've saw, seen some male curlers, guys, with a boiler on them. Not much different than what she's carrying, by the way. <laughs> so let's just point All that out for a second. Back in the 80s. Eh? Exactly, right. I'm not going to name any names. But uh, just one on your play, Kirk. Uh, viewer Greg Clevgard wants to know how much rust there will be on Team Dunstone by the time you guys get the briar underway. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to know. I think... I think um we're really leaning on the fact that we know we've all been there before. We know we've all thrown at the broom, slid at the broom, any shot that's called, we know we've made before. So we're really working on that just, just mentally to try to wrap our heads around that there's really not going to be much, uh, much new in, in that world. Um, but at the same time, I think everyone's going to deal with rust. I think every team in there is going to deal with a little bit of rust. And, uh, and it's just a matter of the team that can figure it out faster get back to sliding at the broom faster and get control of that weight and that feel. Because if you haven't played for, again, truly for eight or nine months, um, you, you lose some of that feel of, of maybe the difference between a one or two feet. And, and you sometimes need that to make a shot. And so I think the, the team that can get through that fastest is going to be miles ahead once you get into mid of the middle of the week, putting yourself in a good position with a decent record, going into that championship round and hopefully the playoffs. Um, we've been we've been really lucky to have Adam Kingsbury with us. Um, he's worked with Rachel Holman, went to the Olympics with Rachel Holman. He's a he's a psychologist, so he's been able to work with us mentally through conversations like this on Zoom. And I think that's going to be a big difference maker for us to be able to kind of keep that level of play high once we do get uh, get the chance to compete and and play in the best event in the curling world, the Briar baby. Ooh. Exactly. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on short notice today. Let's do it again. Stay safe, and I appreciate the time. We miss you. Awesome. Miss you guys, too, and uh, congrats on the show again. You guys uh, seem to be killing it, and it's it's cool to watch you guys grow over the last few years. It's, it's really neat. S same to you. Can, but thank you, Kirk. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Kirk Myers from Team Dunstone joining us, and they are crushing it, too, over there with oh, their yeah. sponsorships. And shoot, they're in the briar for a second consecutive year. Uh, our curling report is uh, mentioned, brought to you by Verge Agriculture. Helping farmers plan and optimize their operations across every field. Visit vergeag.com to learn more today. Just go uh, follow them on Twitter and download their software, see what you think. 
I'm going to do a sports update here. You down? I'm down. David Riddick made 34 saves as the Calgary Flames blanked the Toronto Maple Leafs 3 0 at Scotiabank Arena Monday night. Both teams announced just before puck drop they would be minus their number one goalies. Freddie Anderson sat for the Leafs with a lower body injury, and Jacob Markstrom didn't dress for the Flames because of an upper body injury. Alex Tuck tucked twice as the Vegas Golden Knights. Had a three-goal. Thank you. you. Got a round of applause yeah, from yeah, the yeah, back room. Three-goal spree in the second period. Mark Andre Fleury stopped 34 shots, and the Golden Knights cruised to a three-nothing win over the Colorado Avalanche. I just got to say this about sports center this morning. Tour de Rod is going right. It's like day 189 or something. Sir. And they're showing the highlights of the Golden Knights in Colorado. And it's like 0-0 in the first period. They're showing all these unreal acrobatic saves by Fleury. Right. Let's jump to the third period now. And it's like 3-0 Vegas. So I'm like, what about all the goals? You cut out all the Golden Knights goals. I know. How did we get to 3-0? <laughs> yeah, how did we get here? Where's the game winner? But anyways, they didn't have enough time. Apparently, aren't sports center. But anyways, Marc-Andre Fleury uh, made 34 saves as the Golden Knights, feeling hot, hot, hot. One again, 3 nothing over the Colorado Avalanche. Andre Palat snapped a tie, 8-0-4 into the third period in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Beat the Carolina Hurricanes 4-2. Vili Hainola scored his second goal of the night, 53 seconds into overtime. And the Manitoba Moose edged the Laval Rocket 3-2 Monday in American Hockey League action. Mikhail Berdan stopped 39 of 41 shots to help Manitoba pick up its third straight victory after opening the season with back-to-back losses. Jeff Mallett also struck for the Moose. Corey Schooneman and Otto Leskinen supplied the offense for Laval. Vasily Demchenko made 22 saves for the Habs AHL team. And Albert Pujol's wife apparently disclosed that the Angel Slugger will retire after the upcoming season. Although she later amended her social media post to be a little less definitive. The 41-year-old Pujol is reported to spring training with the Angels Monday. Uh, She originally said that he's done after this year. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room. They can handle all your food and fun needs. Visit their website at ballersrecroom.com. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. We'll delve right into viewer takeover next for the next two segments right up to the end of the show. We'll be right back. Oh, Brian is, we'll be right back with Brian. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, Facebook Live, and listen live at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody. Viewer takeover coming up, plus our CFL report. And I see in YouTube <laughs> they're going nuts with comments, so we'll get to your comments there. But ladies and gentlemen, Brian Angstadt is the chairman of Telemiracle 45 Committee. It's coming up this weekend. You all know that we've been promoting Telemiracle daily here for weeks, and Brian joins us today on video chat. Brian, how you doing? Welcome to the RP Show. I'm good. Thanks for having me today. You know, I'm a Saskatchewan kid, as I'm assuming you are too. I love Telemiracle. It's been a part of my life for almost every one of my 48 years. But COVID's changed things a little bit, obviously. So tell me about Telemiracle oh, yeah. 40. Yeah. Tell me about Telemiracle 45 yeah. and how it might be a little different this time around. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, an interesting year with everything that's happened. Uh, everything kind of got turned upside down as last March. So 
we had to adapt. So we actually have a very exciting um, a hybrid show for you this year. It's going to be a lot of live. There's going to be some live aspects, but there's going to be a lot of uh, pre-recorded aspects. So we kind of have a little mix of both. We have a lot of little tricks and uh, a lot of little surprises up our sleeves. So people are going to have to tune in and watch. It's going to be a show that's going to be different compared to any other show. Well, with our Telemiracle draw and our 50-50, you're drawing Friday, announcing it Saturday just prior to the start of Telemiracle. Of course, this runs on CTV across the province. If you're outside Saskatchewan, you won't be able to see it. But what are the hours, Brian, specifically? Yeah, so the show will actually, the countdown show will actually start at 6.30 on Saturday and run until 8 o'clock. Um, and then the broad, main broadcast itself will, will start at 9 p.m. on Saturday and, and end at uh, 5 p.m. on Sunday, so the full 20 hours. All right. So for again, for those that don't know across this land that watch, it is a telethon on CTV that runs pretty much, as he said, we f- feel like all weekend long. I guess it's not entirely all weekend long. But can you explain to the people that maybe haven't donated yet where these funds go to with the Kinsman Foundation? Again, I've known people that have been benefiting from this for years, but not everybody has. Uh, what does Kinsman Foundation do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, all the money raised stays in the province of Saskatchewan, which is really nice. And all the money raised goes towards uh, either medical travel or medical equipment for the people of, that are in the need for that uh, equipment or that travel. So um, I sit on the foundation board this year as well, and we get stories every day and get people funding. I ask for funding every day. And from anything from a scooter to a van conversion to a wheelchair or just to uh, the regular appointments in either from rural areas into the city or into uh into Edmonton uh, for some more specialized appointments. Well, (laughs) there you go. Bingo. For people that are wondering, how are people surviving? This is how. Thanks to Kinsman. So what's your pitch to folks that maybe can't uh, tune in this weekend but can purchase uh, on the 50-50? Obviously, this has gone very well. Um, What's your pitch to them? Yeah, we have a couple different options. If you want to just donate regular to the show, you can do that now. You can go to telemiracle.com. And something that's a little different this year, you can actually watch the broadcast itself on telemiracle.com. So anybody all over the world, if they want to watch the broadcast, they can do it right on our website uh, directly. Um, but if you want something a little fun, something that's a little new this year, we've actually launched the first ever 50-50. So you can go to telemiracle5050.ca. And currently that 50-50 pot is at uh, just over $228,000. And we expect that pot to get a lot higher before Friday. All right. And you can uh, purchase the tickets at telemiracle5050.ca. Brian, this has been outstanding. Congratulations on the early success. I know you're going to smash it this weekend. And thanks for uh, working with us. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You betcha. Brian Angstat, he is the uh, chairperson of the Telemiracle 45 committee. So to some of the regular business that we do, the CFL report is, uh, it's small. It's dwindling a little bit. We've been through the schutzpah free agency, and now we're into the mundaneness, if that's a word, the monotony of the CFL offseason. Here it is from uh, Monday. The Toronto Argonauts have signed American defensive lineman Coney Ely and American offensive lineman Blake Kemper. Ely was a second-round pick of the Carolina Panthers, 60th overall back in 2014. He had three sacks in Super Bowl 50 in 2016, which tied a Super Bowl record. And uh, Coney Ely played 15 games for the New York Jets in 2017, also had stints with the XFL's Houston Roughnecks in 2020, and uh, went to camp with the Chargers in 2019. 
that is it. A couple of players signed by the Toronto Argonauts. So I see that a lot of people want to um, talk about the CFL stuff here. You, you, you tell me. Because I had, it's a bl- been a blur through the whole show. The Quick Six Show topics, we just dabbled in dupes, right? Not a lot of talk as much right. as I would have liked about Alan Miller, the general manager of the Moose Jaw Warriors, resigning just ahead of the WHL's return to play and going to Hockey Canada. But we spoke with the Warriors this morning, and they said Al's staying on for at least the next two months. So for the fans of junior hockey and the Moose Jaw Warriors, no panic there. But, but you tell me. Um, Brian Warrish out in Vancouver, he hosts the BC Lions Den podcast, says during a recent season ticket holder town hall, Lions president Rick Lawlisher said the league may start the year with no fans in the stands, but wasn't sure if they could do a full season like that. It all hinges on local health officials giving them a green light, but he sounded optimistic and said something would be going out to season ticket holders this week. Well, Brian, I, <clears throat> I admire your optimism. And Rick Lollisher's too. However, let's not forget the Dave Naylor column from Friday morning. If, if, if the CFL is going to use TSN as its unofficial public relations arm, and it's fine if they do, then you'd better be very wary of what's going out on their website. And that's Dave Naylor saying, with the headlight, headline, sorry, CFL won't play without fans in 2021. And what you're telling me is 180 degrees opposite of that, coming from the president of the BC Lions. So as I said in the show open, if you uh, missed it, and I've written it in my columns over the weekend, they can't seem to all get on the same page, and that will be inevitably the downfall of the Canadian Football League. That's right. you got to get on the same page. You know, and I think when it comes to fans, the NFL let each team decide. But the NFL said, we're playing. Yeah. If you don't want to get, if you can't get fans in your state and your stadium and your community, great. But you're going to play, right? And you can't have teams, especially in the CFL, you can't have teams opt out. There's only nine of them. You can't go down nope. to eight, seven, six, five. You can't play like that. So if they can all agree to play, then I think each community, each province will have the ability to play with fans or with not, with no fans. But they have to be on the same page. So uh, we're going to pause and come back. We can pause now, right? Yeah, with, uh, with viewer takeover, with all of your topics, join the discussion. It's hour two that Brian Munns will be with us, longtime Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose broadcaster, and the interview you've all been waiting for, Mike Back Babcock, coming up as well. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, YouTube and Facebook Live, and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Witness your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to uh, turn this over as much as we can to the viewers. That's why we call it Viewer Takeover. Again, next hour, Brian Munns of Winnipeg and Mike Babcock joining us on the RP show. Jason and Red Deer regarding the CFL pickle that they're in says, sounds easy, doesn't it? How with no money? The CFL is very much fan-driven. It is the middle of February and we're talking about the Canadian Football League. You're welcome, CFL. That's a good thing. But I was saying earlier on with the CFL 
I'm starting to think they really have no choice but to mothball the league. And Murray Yaganiski writing us on Twitter, he says, they can't go two years without playing games. That would kill the league. Yeah, this is the stuff. I've just been sitting back and examining this over the last 24, 48, 72 hours. And this is what it reminds me of. It's, uh, I'm sorry. My brothers might want to turn it off because I'm going to talk about my mom when she passed away from cancer. I've told this story before, but it was a long time ago, so I'm going to tell it again. I was sitting out front of her place feeling sorry for myself that my mom was dying, and her very best friend said to me, it's here. It's here. She's dying. It's here. She was like, wake up. Get out of your own self and feeling sorry for yourself because the end is here for your mom. Be there for her. So the whole, I'm sitting here going, I think the end of the CFL is here. So you can sit and say, but they need to play. They need to do this. They can't. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so the guy from Calgary, Jeff, the Stamps fan said, Rod, you've been optimistic. Now you're not. I've really been looking at it. It costs a lot for them to play. They've got big staffs. They're paying salaries. Look at the curling. Four people per team. A fifth. An extra player and a coach. That's it. And they only get paid if they win. Junior hockey, not being paid. And somebody's underwriting the cost for that. I wanted to mention, too, by the way, it's going to cost millions to play for the WHL in this hub center in Regina, not to mention the other, like the BC division. They still got to do testing. Somebody's paying for that. I don't know who, but I can tell you the Swift Current Broncos don't have millions. They don't. Nor do the Moose Jaw Warriors or PA Raiders. So I love the romantic nature of maybe the CFL can overcome this. And I'm sitting there going, I think the end is here. But at the same time, we sit here and think maybe the CFL can overcome this. I, I, that, I that, did. That's I'm not our, there anymore. But that's our optimism and our hope. But the realism says probably not. You know, probably not going to happen. It's tough. It's... It's so tough because we want the league back. And make no mistake about it, the league coming back and playing is good for business. Like, good for my business. Good for our business. Yeah, we want it to. It's good for business. Ragging on the CFL and having them not come back is not good for business. No. You know, it's just, but we can't do anything other than be real and and be ourselves and authentic. And, hey, if one day we're excited then that's true. Then that's, that's as real as it gets. We are excited. But if the next day we're realistic and think it's not coming back, that's also very authentic. Carlos in Indianapolis says we were having a similar conversation about the CFL last May, almost this exact same one. Right. It was, will they play or won't they play? And they didn't play. Take your sentence a little further, Carlos. Yeah, we were having this talk a year ago, and what happened? And we had the local team telling us they were going to be out of money by the end of September Last year, how they're still even turning their lights on, I have no idea. Chris Bird says for the CFL from Toronto, for the CFL to come back and play with no fans will require small player salaries and three coaches, tops. Well, you go, you laugh. He's right, but I don't think they want to do that. No. no. And you can't change the salaries. There's a collective bargaining agreement in place right now. Can't do it. What I'm saying, by the way, is that the CFL as we know it, I think... The end is here. When you say, oh, they can overcome it. Oh, they can do this. I bring it back to my mom's analogy, unfortunately. Oh, we've got this wonder drug. Oh, there's this. Oh, there's that. Maybe it'll happen. 
There comes a day where you go, none of it's working. It's over. And I'm starting to think that's where we are. I would love for one of them to step up and prove me wrong. I haven't seen it for months. Craig Campbell in downtown Toronto says if they adjust the business model of the CFL, they need to adjust the salary structure accordingly with a higher standard wage for the players. All is one. Nine teams, league, and players association to determine future will cost more for being a fan. But we've been talking about that, central ownership. They don't want to do that. They can't all agree on where they need to go or how they're going to get there. And that's what's going to lead to their downfall. Anyways, we'll continue this into uh, hour two. David in Winnipeg says, play in 2021 or be gone. There's no way I'm wasting another dollar on a league that has big buck owners who want everything free. No marketing in 30 years that's any good. If this is your online therapy session, then... uh, so be it. That's what it is. Jeff in Winnipeg. We've been waiting months for the CFL to give us even a line of a plan. We're just going to have to carry this over. Oh, yeah. Sean at Game Plus. You hang on. We'll get to yours as well. All right. Mike Babcock next hour. And Brian Munns. It's the RP Show on a Tuesday. Canada's daytime sports talk show continues after this. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.